Hello and welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger. And I'm Jeff Schutze. Nice to see you again, Jeff. Nice to see you, Angela. How has your week been? It's been good. It's been a little hectic, but yeah, working, so I'm happy. Yeah. How's yours been? It's... Yeah, <laughs> it's it. No, it's going good. We've had a, a lot of a lot of changes happening, a lot of different people, and then you know stuff going on. But I think all in all, it's good. And the weather's gotten a lot better. It's uh. warmer now because we're SoCal. We can't handle cold, mm-hmm. so it's nice that things aren't cold anymore. Yeah, it's nice to get so much sun. Yeah, mm-hmm. sun and no rain. Although we needed the rain because we're probably still in a drought. I don't Actually, think we're out of that. I heard. Just a couple days ago, that this is the first time we haven't been in a drought in decades. Or oh, something nice. Like that. Yeah, so okay. we're finally out of the drought. But they said, don't think that means you can take longer showers and, you know. Two hour showers <laughs> right? and washing cars just with the hose, just like the water just spewing everywhere. Yeah, just yes, being. Don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't be spray down your sidewalk or your driveway. It's going to be hose. totally irresponsible now. Just everybody, <laughs> just in, in tandem. Yes, but. Also very happy because we have a very good episode today. So really happy to have Jake Hollander on the show today. He's done a lot of very cool things. He was a storyboard artist at Rough Draft and at Nickelodeon and also an intern at Cartoon Network. And he is also the chair of the storyboard committee for the Animation Guild. And that is our main focus today is talking about what that means. So we talk about the guild, we talk about Jake's role on the guild, and things that guild members should know and that people who want to get into the industry should know about the guild. Yeah, he had such a great energy, just such a positive, fun vibe, and I was really interested in what he had to say about the union. I am too, because as we've mentioned on the show a couple times, neither Jeff nor I are in the union, so we wanted to have somebody who is in the union, especially somebody on a committee, talk more about it. And in the show notes, y'all will find information about the union because we want all of you to be informed about what it is, how it works, all the rules, union minimums, all those good things, because If you're informed, you can make very good decisions about your employment. Yeah, and I think everyone in the animation industry should want to get into the union because I think that's very important for having a career in animation. Absolutely. So let's get into it. So without further ado, we're happy to present episode 90, Interview with Jake Hollander. Welcome, Jake Hollander. We're so happy to have you on the show today. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. That's gold. That's like radio quality right there. Yeah, so we always like to start off with a little bit about people's backstories before we jump into the main topic. So tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from? I'm from New York. I was born in the city and I lived out on the island. Nice. Yeah. I used to live in Astoria. Nice. Yeah. So when did you move from New York? Well, I went to school in Chicago for four years, then went back in New York for a year, and mm-hmm. then came out to California. Okay. And you were a 3D animator to start with, is um, that right? 3D modeling. 3D modeling. Yeah. Okay. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's dig into it. Why did you hate it? Like, it's just, the... there's something about drawing that's mm-hmm. just so much more fulfilling than pixel pushing. Okay. And that's what, it, that's what a lot of 3D modeling was when I did it, just moving vector, like vertices around. And ZBrush helped that a lot, but I, we were never taught ZBrush. Oh, really? So, yeah, my school was great. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so after that, I wasn't into it and just dropped it. Okay. Just what went. software were you using? Uh, Maya, 3DS Max. Okay. Yeah. 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 By the time we were graduating, um, ZBrush was starting to be cool. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the standard, I think. I'm not sure because I never really dove too deep into CG world. But um, we were using like Mudbox, which was like the poor man's ZBrush. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I tried it a few times, but now. Nah. <laughs> hey, that's all right. Better than me. I tried my for a month and I just went, no, no, yeah. this is not for me. It's a good background to have just to understand the 3D process. So I'm glad I know that, but... Not something I can do for a prolonged period of time. So I'm curious then, since you got more into the you know drawing side, and we'll touch on that, what led you to go down the 3D modeling path to begin with? <laughs> Fun story. So I'm a terrible student. Terrible. Yeah, I was so bad. I did so bad in school in general. 
I was going to just go join up with like Outward Bound or Knowles, which is National Outdoor Leadership School because I was Uh really into backpacking when I was younger. And my parents said, you should go to college. It's pretty important. So they said, just do something. (laughs) Get a degree in something or you'll regret it. Which, you know, really good advice, I guess, for like 20 years ago. But I, I personally have other thoughts about college when it comes to art school and the knowledge you need to be a, a professional artist. I think that maybe four-year schools aren't really built for that. It's kind of like paying a lot of money and being in a lot of debt for baby being babysitted when you can learn a lot of those skills from specialized classes and go with that. So back to your original question... I like Shrek, so it's like 3D modeling might be cool. I'll be a character designer and 3D model them. So that's that's why I went to school for it. Okay. Yeah, and we've talked about that with our, we're doing the uh, Nickelodeon mentor mentee program. Yeah. We just had this conversation yeah. with our mentee. She's like, I'm going to college. And both of us kind of went, you know, before you go to college, yeah. have you considered some of these other classes, online yeah. resources, things that won't get you into soul-crushing debt? Yeah. Because to have... $50,000 plus worth of debt for a four-year art college mm-hmm. when you can learn so much of that stuff so much quicker and more affordably at specialized schools like CDA out here. It's just it's just the trickle effect of like a generation of everyone going to affordable college and thinking a BA or a BFA was the most necessary guarantee of getting a job. It's just a little different now, I feel like, in our day and age within the art industries in general. I feel like Schools are one thing, but being able to self-motivate and put yourself on a schedule not only makes you better in your own endeavors, but gives you the opportunity to learn how to make your own schedules for when you work professionally, keeping deadlines, self-motivation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's important, definitely. Yeah. I agree with that. Also, it matters more if you can actually draw or model or paint or do what it is that you need to do rather than a piece of paper because nobody cares about that unless you want to get an internship but then you don't necessarily have to have an art degree to get an internship at an animation studio Mm -hmm. because I've met plenty of interns that have majored in other fields that are currently interns and they're doing just great yeah because I interned at Cartoon Network in 2009 and I didn't even know what storyboarding was oh really yeah <laughs> wow they yeah. didn't have that at they didn't, they, teach it at all. they didn't have that in my school at all their their 2d animation program was very limited i took like a few elective classes when i was in school for um hand-drawn animation and it was fun but i didn't it, it never was presented as a career um. until i went to cartoon network for the internship and learned that people actually do it for a living yes and in an entirely different way than we when we were taught <laughs> entirely <laughs> What, what, what way? Like, how was it? What were you taught versus what you actually so, saw? So, one, none of the programs that they were using, like Toon Boom, were even known to anyone in my school. And um, we we did the the general stuff, like uh, we had animation paper. You take pictures of it with the I forgot what it was called. Oh yeah, the little we, box where you click yeah, the buttons. Yeah, we. I forget what they're called, but um, lunchboxes. Lunchboxes, yeah, and you we had the lunchboxes, and that's it. So we had a, we had the the camera, the lunchbox, and that's it. And um, in all the classes I took, they had all these mathematical equations to calculate pans and zooms, wow. and I thought it was absurd. Like, why would I want to calculate? Is I could just feel it out, you know. So it was something I was like, I don't want to animate. What is this? But, you know, Toon Boom, you can do it by feel. There's programs and resources you can use. And I didn't know about any of those. So, yeah. Were they teaching Flash or anything? Uh, No. Wow. I think I don't even remember what the 2D animation program they used because I wasn't in that course. And my school was film and video was married to the animation, CG and everything. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. We've had a couple of people that went to your school on our show, and they've all said pretty much exactly the same yeah. thing. So Yeah, Columbia College, Chicago, man. Yeah. <sighs> Good <It's> times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I've, I've heard rumors about stuff going on with my school now. I'm like, ah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big advocate of 
I don't think college is necessarily bad. I think the price of college is bad. Yeah. So to me, it's if going to college is your thing, just find a place that costs less and has yeah. good teachers. If it's not your thing, there are plenty of other resources. Yeah, every year college more of a for profit yeah. than a for education. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. that wouldn't be do. my school. So <laughs> I don't recommend <laughs> shelling out all the money for that. But online, and that's also why we're doing the show to inform and educate people Yay. about what's going on. <laughs> so you switch then. From 3D modeling to storyboarding. And was that a result of your internship at Cartoon Network or was it other factors? That no, it was play? it was in regards to that. Because I met my still good friend and mentor, Matt Long, there. He's a he's a director at uh, Bento Box. He's working on um, Bob's Burgers. Oh, very good. I met him when he was a PA at CN in 2009. And we've remained friends over the years. And after that internship it kind of ignited the knowledge of knowing that there are other things but i never really took it strictly into consideration until um after school realized i hate 3d understood it was competent in it did some projects but didn't like it graduated took a year off trying to find my life (laughs) and then um got really into animating on newgrounds and the community was super supportive, and they had all they had these contests called NADA, which is like ah, I forgot, like Newgrounds Animation, whatever. I can't remember what it was called, which is pretty sad, but whatever. My memory's bad. But um, but yeah, Tom Fulp was super supportive, and Newgrounds was an awesome place to just be like, ah, oh, I'm gonna do some animations and laugh and have a good time. And then after that, I thought, hey, maybe I can really focus on this and be actually a technically good artist practice that and then I sought Matt for advice and help because he had got his storyboarding going and he kind of mentored me through the process and I just did work all the time eight hours a day no matter what I had if it was a job and I worked eight hours I'd work eight more hours wow I just worked a lot for about two years once I decided that that was what I wanted to do and then from there I just got lucky Wow, though. I don't know if that's luck. If you're working 16-hour days for two years straight, I think that's just putting in the time. I was very behind. I, w- I'm, I was not a very good technical artist. I, I lacked competency in perspective and proportions, in shot compositions, and general flow of how a story should be told. I guess if it was a language, I lacked all grammar. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can speak it. Can yeah. I speak it? Yeah. Like, what are we speaking? <laughs> yeah, because it's like that. There's something to say about being able to speak a language and then being able to speak it properly. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of storytelling. Everyone can talk story, but to write that story or to competently speak that language is the hard part (laughs) as i'm sure you know as a board artist oh yeah yeah so when you say matt kind of mentored you on the process is that what you're talking about he taught you the language of you know yeah he taught me a lot of what to look for what to improve on i would be at home boarding either stories i made up or scenes or just pieces of something i did a lot of copying of scenes and movies that i thought were really good and i love love action boarding and drama and comedy and all that stuff. So Jackie Chan was a huge inspiration of how he shot his films and how he utilized action and comedy in the same vein. I think it's every frame of painting had a really good thing about Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah. And when that came out, I was like, ah, yes, you get it. (laughs) So that that was pretty cool too. And for listeners out there, every frame of painting is a really good YouTube channel. They have at least... 30 videos. They're no longer making any new ones, but the whole series is great and all the videos are between 5 and 15 minutes and they're really worth just watching and studying because the folks that work on that, they know their stuff. And the guy who narrates it has a really soothing voice. He does have a very nice voice. (laughs) And the woman that works with him, she's actually an animator, I believe, in Vancouver. So, yeah. So there you go. Cool. Cool. So you're watching videos, you're studying you're practicing. I'm assuming you're like reading books, taking classes um, too. No, no. Oh, no. I only took one art class. That was about storyboarding. Okay. I took a figure drawing class at the Animation Guild, which is pretty helpful. But the CDA class, Cinematic Storyboarding, Jay Oliva taught it. And I learned 
everything in that class. It's like somebody just gave me the grammar book and said, here you go. <laughs> but um, I actually learned how to draw from the Feng Zhu YouTube channel. I think it's Feng Zhu's Design School. Okay. And he made this incredible channel of um, like how to be a good technical artist. Because before I thought storyboarding was the thing to do, concept design was super interesting to me. Because it, it has a lot of um, visual story development in the sense that everything you draw can lend itself to what the story of the scene is. Like if you draw some dude with like scars on his head because he has to block sandstorms and he's just walking through the desert, like that tells a story. And to conceptualize that and be able to accurately draw it was something that I thought was so cool. So I thought concept design was it. But I loved making things move too much. So... Yeah. The static drawings were not enough. But the technical skills you learn from practicing that were incredibly useful. So Okay. Yeah. How did you stay motivated? Because that's the thing that people ask us a lot is, you know, because we have people that are in school listening to this or people that are working like terrible jobs that they hate, but they're still trying to get into the industry. So how did you keep them just going, ah, you know, basically at the end of it? Yeah, motivation's a big one. And we were even talking about that to mm-hmm. our mentee the other day i think motivation is everything 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 if you can't be able to motivate yourself or find the reason to get yourself working five to eight hours a day on something especially a craft that involves you to be on your game at all times and just the competition in general which is never a bad thing competition is great in my opinion because it challenges us all to work harder but um if you hate your job and you want to be a storyboard artist, you want to be an artist, use that hate. <laughs> use it. Fuel yourself. Because it takes a lot of work. And every time you get frustrated for doing something wrong, work extra harder until you get it right. I think anger is a great fuel. <laughs> if you can not internalize it and realize that frustration is healthy because it's not a frustration that's, that's negative in a sense. It's a frustration from wanting to be better. And if you can use that frustration to want to be better and understand that if you can motivate yourself to work harder, that it'll inevitably alleviate that frustration and make you more proud to reach that, the top of the hill, then I think that's what it's all about. Just making sure that you use all these conflicting emotions of giving up or fear or not being good enough or anything you feel to make you work harder. Okay. Because that's what I do. All my motivation comes from not feeling like I'm good enough. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's what helped me get my job because I finally just got really, really, really mad. I'm like, I hate my job. I hate what I'm doing. I hate where things are going. I have to change. I have to fix this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's my opinion on it. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good motivator. I think... Finding your calm sometimes is great for when you get to the point where you can think more about other aspects of what you need to do when you've accomplished the base skills you need. Like use that frustration to become the best artist you can. And then when you get to the point where you're like, oh, wow, I think I can accomplish anything I need. Let me take a deep breath and think (laughs) about what I really want to tell. What voice do I want to have? And then, you know, the two years of, busting your chops to get there is, is worth it. All right. How about you, Jack? Are you filled with frustration and rage? Because you you seem a lot more zen and calm. <laughs> uh, I've had rage here and then, <laughs> here and there over the years. But yeah, I do think self-motivation is so important because if you can't motivate yourself, no one is going to motivate you as much as you can yourself. And like you said, you know, it's going to be years sometimes. It's going to be months. It's going to be years where you aren't getting paid for this art. It's like extra stuff you're doing to get to where you need to be to work in the industry. And me doing Jeff Bot, like the webcomic, for years, I wasn't making money on the ads or whatever on the website. It wasn't until I started doing conventions where I could actually start making money. But even that took so long. Yeah. So... Yeah, self-motivation was very important. Everything's a time investment. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I think the misconception with a lot of people's um, 
opinions on success with web comics even a lot of those take years to develop a lot a lot of hard work a mm-hmm. lot of fan outreach a lot of interaction it just does it's not just oh wow i had a great idea and now everybody yeah. loves me no <laughs> it's it's insane amount of work and yeah, yeah it's crazy <laughs> we're like i just watched this I'm, I'm really into bouldering like i really like climbing and um as i'm getting more involved in the bouldering community and the climbing community is a perfect time because uh, a few documentaries just came out and free solo just won an award and the other one on netflix the dawn wall i just watched it the other day and if you want to talk about motivation this guy climbed the dawn wall which is the hardest climb in el capitan which has not even been attempted <laughs> and he did and these two guys did it and this guy um, spoiler alert, <laughs> hold your ears, um, lost his finger at oh. some point in his life and still kept going Wow! and climbed the hardest climb ever. And mm, that's, mm, I love stories like that. Yeah, that's just that's motivation. motivation. Yeah. Mm, love it. Yeah, I mean, it's great because then for me it's good because then it helps me not to complain because my thing is this would be like, Things are hard, and I'm upset, and I'm frustrated, and other people are getting this, and I'm not getting this yet. Why not? And then you hear these stories about this person didn't have an arm. This yeah. person didn't have a leg. This person was blind. This person had to go through this, that, and the other, and look what they're doing. And it's like, oh, wait, all my limbs work. Yeah. My eyesight works. I If I just got up earlier, <laughs> yeah. I could do this. Okay. Sometimes I have thoughts of if I lost my hand or my, my arm, how long it would take me to get as good on my left arm. <laughs> I had that yeah. exact same thing. And I think about the process already and yeah. I'm, like if my right arm's 100%, my left arm's 80 because I'm pretty ambidextrous. So I was like, okay, speed, proficiency, okay, how long would it take me to get my left arm just in case? <laughs> Have you ever done the thing where you're like, should I also be practicing with my left arm at the same time just in case? Like, I do, I do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that thought before. It's like maybe just to make sure. Yeah. yeah, as long as I have a limb that moves, yep. I will be drawing. <laughs> like, how well can I draw with my foot? Yeah, yeah. there are people who do there it. There are. Yeah. Oh, great. Like, there's okay. never an excuse. That's right. Except, I don't know, maybe there's special circumstances, so I can't yeah. really say never. Yeah. But in most cases. Yeah. <laughs> you do need sleep. I do recommend sleep and eating more than just bread all the time. So. Yeah, yeah. got to balance your and macros. studio candy. Yeah. Friday, those donuts, oh, I can't gosh. stay away from oh, them. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I look at them, I'm like, walk away. Walk away, man. You can't look at those donuts. Never, there's always a birthday or something, so yeah. there's always cakes. I and, know, it's great, ugh. but... Yeah. <laughs> ah, sugar. Anyway, <laughs> so, that is awesome. That is awesome to hear that I love stories like that. I love it's like I was doing a thing, didn't like a thing, discovered a new thing, realized, oh, wait, I'm not good at it. And then I have to get good at this. And then achieving that. That is exciting. Yeah. So when did that happen for you? When did you get your first boarding Um, job? My first boarding job was in 2016. Awesome. Yeah. It was at Rough Draft on um, a show called Tarantula. Yeah. It was a TBS show. It was an awesome production, and the creator is a super talented dude. I think he's a writer on Silicon Valley or something. His name is Carson Mel. Mm-hmm. He's the creator, and it was in house, so it was a really smooth, really well done production. Everybody was in communication. He was involved with the process, so smooth. Spoiling That's you, spoiling <laughs> <laughs> like, every yeah. production will be this yeah. smooth. It was a really spoiling first production, but um, <laughs> I haven't really had any horrible experiences though. That's good. Yeah, which is something that is very lucky because mm-hmm. other people are not as lucky. But um, yeah, it's been pretty pretty lucky with the production so far. That's awesome, and you're working on cool stuff now, which yeah. in a couple months we can talk about. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that brings us to. Our next point of discussion, which is the Animation Guild. And we really wanted to bring you on the show because, as listeners to the show know, production is not a part of the Guild, so I'm not a part of it. And then where Jeff is currently working, his show is not a part of it. So we wanted to bring somebody that could tell the listeners about the Guild, 
how it works. And then in particular, you're working on the storyboard committee. So we wanted to hear more about that. So for listeners out there who are going just, what is the guild? What is it? Well, um, <laughs> the Animation Guild is a union. Tag A39. Um, the Animation Guild is is essentially your best friend. <laughs> they have your back on all things that have to do with studios that are um, within the uh, the basic contractual agreement that encompasses like a lot of the big studios like Disney, WB, and sometimes I will probably say the incorrect thing because there's a lot of very specific details that go into what the animation guild is and contractual stipulations, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll give my best synopsis as a, as a, what is that called? Um, God, I love forgetting like, words. Like a representative? No, no, not a representative. Um, you know, in legal documents, when they oh. say, um, just know that this is, may not be exactly what uh, you're getting, but um, like yeah, a disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We're just totally fine. But yeah, this is so that's yeah. the disclaimer. Um, I'll give you my best accurate description to my knowledge. Put a little asterisk. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's totally. So, fine. Um, I will have a link to the site because there's pages yeah. and pages and yeah, pages there, there of is, documentation on there. There's so many. There is multiple contracts because there's a basic agreement um, with a lot of the main studios, and then there's. Um, individual agreements which are very similar to the basic contract but have some minor differences so like nickelodeon for example they have in like individual contract with the guild uh, opposed to the basic one so the importance of these contracts and the importance of a union is to protect workers from unfair and unsafe work environments and give them the right to come together as a group and make decisions based upon either their working environments or things that they want to improve on. And it doesn't have to be thought of as a us against the studio situation. It's very much a make everyone happy and work together so that you can give knowledge to people who have no conception of the animation world because they're business oriented and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's a very nice, healthy balance between union workers, workers, and the studios and all of that stuff. I think it can be achieved, and I think it can be worked towards. So that's my only opinion right there. But um, yeah, the union is important for when there are situations where workers are being abused in some way or they have uh, grievances they want to be resolved. The union has their back. And there is nothing that the union, I mean, the studios can hide from the union because of the contractual obligation. And there is their sense of, there's a strong relationship with the union and the studios and the workers with the union. So ultimately it's very important. And on top of that, with union studios, you have access to pension, a 401k, health insurance. The union will back you up. If you have any kind of legal claim, they can either help you with it or you can get your own legal advice. There's no rule against any of that. And they also can help you sign contracts when you get hired by a studio. They can guide you with whatever you need. And it's just a good thing to have, especially because none of us are lawyers. None of us are, (laughs) you know, business moguls. So it's important to have the background knowledge of what you're doing, how you can do it the best you can, and not be signing away something you may not have thought you did so okay it's important but that's the union overall all right basically your best buddy sounds good yeah best buddies are awesome and then your role then so you're heading up storyboard committee uh like, yeah i'm the become... chair of the storyboard committee okay so yeah. how did you become the chair of the storyboard uh, committee? funny story <laughs> <laughs> my friend sam was like hey come to the storyboard committee meeting i said what's that she's like i don't know let's find out <laughs> so we go to the meeting and there's a lot of um there's a lot of um, an organization in certain crafts, well, all the crafts, because even though the guild is very good at helping individuals, there's a lot of work to be done for outreach for everyone, and everyone has such a big, different voice and different needs, especially per craft. So 
And when we had the storyboard committee meeting, I thought it was pretty important to be involved because each craft has their own needs and their own specific problems that they can work with. And to have individual craft committees, you can essentially have community of like-minded individuals that practice a similar craft and can help fix the similar issues they're all feeling. And instead of screaming in all different directions, they can focus that voice and resolve it as a team, essentially. Hmm. So the value of craft-based committees, in my opinion, is extremely important because the problems in storyboarding that I face, prop designers could have a completely different problem I don't even understand. Or, you know, background designers or animators or plenty of other crafts that may have issues that I don't, I can't even weigh on. So every couple of years when we're negotiating, instead of having all voices screaming to the void, we can all just organize per craft and then have craft representatives communicate what the needs of each craft is to the guild. Okay. So I think the value of that is very important. So when the storyboard committee met, I said, yeah, sure, I'd love to help out because... I noticed the lack of hands going up. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I was originally co-chair with another person, but they got too busy. So I became the single chair of the storyboard committee. And since then, my main focus has been in community outreach. And I've been trying very hard to have more union member voices being heard to other union members and the things I'm trying to accomplish is things like supervising lectures. We had one already and another one that I'm having a meeting with people on Monday to try to organize. And I meet every month at the end of the month with union members to just keep it going. The consistency is what I feel is important and getting everyone involved because there is a very, <laughs> there's a low involvement rate in the guild. It's just kind of like, the elections, you know, uh, you know, you have a hundred percent of the people in the U.S. and then you have what, twenty-five to forty percent people actually voting, and terrible. But that's a whole other subject. <laughs> and you, you have similar things happening even in smaller scales. So, I would love just a lot more engagement and people to understand that, even though these things are already put in place and you're getting your health care, you're getting your pension, you're getting your contributions to the four hundred one k if you want, and you have these protections that. Every individual in the union makes up the union. It's a collective, and it's everyone who works in the e-board, the executive board, is voted in. They hire people in the office, and then there's our business rep, and they're elected in. And we have the control of our own union. And in a lot of ways, I feel like any shortcomings is a reflection on lack of participation and involvement. And that's all on all of us who are in the union. So... My goal is to just increase participation, increase involvement, and I feel that will resolve a lot of problems people have. That's good. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you're working on to do that? You mentioned you have meetings every month. Are you going to the different studios and talking? Well, I, I don't focus or? on studios. Oh, okay. I focus on the, the union members. So mm -hmm. the unions are the people working on union projects. Mm -hmm. union, where That's the union. Mm -hmm. And the studios, while being in contractual agreement with the union, they don't really have a say on the, the individual. Okay. My goal is to reach out to the individuals, okay. the people who make up the union and mm -hmm. create a healthier culture of how we interact with each other, how we get ourselves involved in the guild, mm -hmm. and just a general stronger community is what I'm trying to do. Okay. Yeah. How do people find the different committees? Do you sign up as, you know, once you're in the guild, do you sign up as a background artist or a storyboard artist and then you get an email? Essentially, you get hired by a studio, right? Union studio. What happens is you get information in the mail a couple weeks after your first union job. And within that packet, you sign some information, you pay a few fees, and then you're in the guild and you pay your quarterly dues, and that's it. There are some things that the union does to help inform people, but there are also um, 
a lot more things that can be done and there is a lot of confusion about what the processes are within the guild and they're working right now very hard on updating their website, the technology, all that stuff. So that's happening. But right now there is a little bit of a information jumble, I would call. So if you go to the website, you can navigate it and find what you need. It could be organized a lot better, but everything can be. But they are working mm-hmm. towards that. But essentially, you have to do all the reaching out. No one's going to hold your hand at the guild and be like, this is everything. But um, I'm hoping that in the next year or so, that'll all be alleviated a little more. And when people, the onboarding process for joining the guild will be a lot more specific and a lot more informative. But that's part of the things that I'm trying to help with in general. And if people just know enough, then new people will already either have that knowledge based on who they're working with or have more of a community involvement where they're they're helped with that or taught that. I also had a question about, so you mentioned 401k and health insurance and all that stuff. Is that automatic with union productions? Does every union productions have those things in it or does each studio kind of negotiate their own deal with it? So when it comes to that, the Animation Guild itself has a 401k that it runs. And they run it for free for you. You don't have to pay anything. You, your contributions come out of your paycheck. So every new job you get, you go down to the office, you sign up online on how much you want to contribute to your 401k, and you write it down as a percent or a number or like a number value, and that gets taken out of your paycheck pre-tax, like mm. 401ks work. And every new job, you have to refill out that information though, which is very important. <laughs> yeah. And in regards to pension, there's certain requirements to uh, be able to utilize that pension when you retire, but money is automatically being paid from union studios towards pension and additionally with healthcare. And you get to choose, I think, there's a few options for healthcare. Specifics can be found on the website. And those are your three powerhouses, though. Healthcare, pension, and 401k. Those are all very important things that is one of the best benefits of being in a union because health insurance, one, is really expensive and regulating a 401k is nice and pension is great. So those are really important things that the studios do pay towards and the Guild has done a great job of retaining that Mm -hmm. agreement. I would say especially with pensions because I can't think of any company that still offers yeah. pensions. I mean, that's the kind of thing that like my dad has, you know, yeah. it's like, that's not a thing you hear about for people our yeah. age. Yeah. And there are requirements to getting the pension and it has to do with working time, like how long you've been working, et cetera, et cetera. And all the details, like the specific details, I will say you can find online because I know it, but I'm hesitant to describe it in detail because yeah. if I mess it up, oh yeah, then that's okay. I don't want to. Sure, they change. You know, yeah, and there are yeah. there's so, stipulations because yeah. our friend Sarah, who we talked to earlier, was telling me like, you know, you have to sign up certain things within certain days and certain times and certain yeah. hours, and then once your job ends, you have this amount of time yeah. that you can still stay in the union before things happen. So it yeah, there is a and for healthcare. To have that healthcare, you have to be working for a certain amount of time. I think it's 400 hours of working time in a year to qualify. So those are pretty important. And yeah, it's not everything is just handed, but it's definitely there once you have that steady position or you continuously find work. And um, it's great. It's good to have. On the non-art side of things, from your time you know, going to art school and then studying to become a storyboard artist and then joining the guild and then becoming a chair of the committee. What are some things that you've noticed, like people coming into the industry for the first time that they really need to know that they're just not asking themselves? They're just like completely clueless. When you, were, when you were talking about the timeline, I just saw like 12 years of my life flash before oh. my eyes. <laughs> the point. School. The, <laughs> Job, union. Oh. We can break it down um, too. I know that's kind of like, let's ask five questions of one yeah, question. I think, I think the most important thing to know is what the guild is, what the union is, and how they, they can help you. And things that you 
should know on your own grown-up skills i guess <laughs> but um was the question directed at more of an art point of view or uh knowing life skill i would say life skill i feel that the most important thing in any job across any industry is respecting the people you work with and i know that sounds pretty cheesy but it's so valuable and so important and it shouldn't be that hard in my opinion and especially in animation it's a very small industry and i think the biggest mistake anyone can make is thinking that they're better than anyone else or that they know more than anyone else because there are so many diverse backgrounds and knowledge and skills that people have like somebody can be better at comedy or somebody can be better at action or drama or this or that and you just never know what you can learn from other people and even though they may not have let's say the best technical skills and you feel that they're less important than you or something they could have better storytelling skills that you can learn from there's just so many different types of talents and i don't know maybe people come out of school thinking that they're so good and that they're amazing and that their teachers were thought they'd be the next best thing but i just think people should really respect their coworkers a lot more than they do and when you do that you'd be surprised how much you can learn and just how much nicer your work environment will be the skill that seems so simple and may be a skill but yeah. but it should just be something that should be known that's good to know do you have any other questions on skill stuff i have a ton of questions but i feel like it's just basic info that you could probably find on the website because the only guild or union I've been involved with is the Screen Actors Guild and I know with them once you're in the guild all the way you know you aren't guild eligible or SAG eligible or whatever then you can't work on non-union projects but I know a lot of people in the guild that work on non-union projects so what's what are the rules regarding that? There's really no rule about that. Oh. Yeah, if you're a union member, you can work on non-union projects. The only thing is you're not getting hours towards your union requirements. So, for instance, if, if I work six months on a union project and I get those hours and I work six months not on a union project, I'm losing my bank of hours that will pay for my pension or my... No, not pay for pension. It doesn't get contributed if you're not working. It's healthcare. When you're not working union, you can hypothetically lose your health care over a certain amount of time. And I think the time amount is based upon how much you have worked or the bank of hours you have. So I don't know the exact formula. I've made a comic about it, but I don't know where it's not up online. But there are formulas that you can use that you can calculate that, but there is no restriction. And I think it's a good thing that there's no restriction for that, and especially in animation, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of work out there, but sometimes you gotta find other things to pay the bills. It's probably a good rule for animation. I didn't know that was a rule. That's the first time I ever heard that. In, in SAG? Well, no, like, like what you're saying, like every other union I've ever heard of is once you're in, Mm -hmm. You can't go back. You know, yeah. it's like a door you've walked into right. and there's there's no more, you yeah. know. So that's interesting. With animation, it's not the same. Yeah, and I, I don't know exactly the history behind it. I wish I was just an encyclopedia of knowledge to just <laughs> no. spew right. out to you guys. But um, I'm not really sure the, the reasoning behind that specifically. But, yeah. My guess would be maybe because there's so many smaller studios and things that aren't even studios, just somebody yeah. <laughs> who's like, I have an idea, I want to pay someone to do it yeah. because I don't know anything about animation. You know animation, can you do it? And then theoretically, if you had to be in the union, you couldn't work with that person, even if they were going to pay you yeah. a good rate and they knew what they wanted. Yeah, I have no idea. Anything I'd say would just be speculation. Mm. How many hours do you have to work? Because you have to work so many hours on a union job, right, to be eligible to get into the union. Am I right? Nope. No? The second you get a union job, you you can you join eligible? the union. Oh. Well, it's not about eligibility. Because I think SAG, you have to do some stuff, yeah. and then you get accepted. Mm -hmm. second you get a union job, you're in the union. Oh. And your initial union fee is, I think, the first two paychecks of your weekly salary. 
of the job you just got. So, you know, it would be around whatever that two paycheck sum is. And then you pay that and then you become a member in good standing if you're paying all your dues. And then you're just, yeah, you're there. I think there's a three-month period before your healthcare kicks in. And also there are wage tiers. But once you hit those three tiers, you're journeyman. So the first six months, the second six months, and then the third six months. So it's like apprentice, like whatever, and then journeyman, then you're fully eligible. And once you hit journeyman, you can never get the apprentice wage. You're done. You, you don't have to get that wage anymore. If you get a job as a storyboard artist, for instance, and you work that year and a half, then you're entitled to the minimum of whatever your journeyman rate is per the contract. And there you go. That's great. That's that it. is good. Yeah, and it's good that you mentioned like wage minimums and maximum. And we'll put a link because the Guild has a really nice PDF of every like contract thousand people mm. but they also have every contract so you can see what all the contracts yeah. are and you can see what all the pay rates are for every single job mm. which yeah. is fantastic so that yeah. you can make sure that okay am i getting paid x amount of dollars yeah. and if you're working at a union studio and they're not paying you that they can get in a lot of trouble it's very rare that anyone will ever not get their least minimum and there are other things that happen where the minimums are different based on the side letter N, which is the new media agreement, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've talked to a few people about that. They're like, they're fighting that now, yeah. fighting that fight. So yeah, that's a that's a topic for another day. <laughs> for a full week of for discussion. Full, yeah, for people that I have several friends that have a lot of thoughts about that, but I haven't been able to get them on the show because I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> Not like yet. They don't. They don't want to go <laughs> yeah. on mic and discussing the stuff they yeah. had to go through with all of that. Yeah, I mean, this is my first podcast, so I've never done. I've never done one before, so I can imagine having something online with everything I said as a hundred percent as I said. <laughs> 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 but whatever. Don't worry. We're we're a friendly show. <laughs> Help! I'm tied up. <laughs> SOS. Angela, let me out, please. <laughs> please, no more crackers and gruel. Yeah, but it's been great having you describe, because again, it's like, we know nothing about this. So I really appreciate you coming on and talking about how this works and minimums and maximums and the different committees and why the guild is there and why people should pay attention. And again, we will have links for this in the show notes so that you guys can check it out. So if you're in the union, Read all this material because this directly applies to you. And if you're not, please read it. Yes, please read it. Read it. And then if you're a board artist, join the storyboard committee or join one of the other committees. And then if you're not in the union, you should read it because then you guys will know what to expect. Yep. Because in my opinion, every artist, everyone working in animation is either a future union member or. Somebody who wants to choose a different career. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what else? Botany. That yeah. interesting. <laughs> Do you love gardening? <laughs> yeah. No, that's quite fun. So we always like to ask, too, is there anything that we haven't asked that you were, like, dying to mention? Wow, that's another loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared to think on my own. <laughs> I thought I was just answering questions. Um, we are answering a question. Um, <laughs> requires thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I guess just a little add about committees. I don't know if any of the committees that are currently around are updated on the website. So if you are interested in joining or starting a committee, I would definitely reach out to the guild and email them about your interest or about your wanting to join up or making your own committee because it's important because you may realize that there's a committee already made of what you're trying to do and you can just join up and work with them so be more involved love jake yep be proactive i feel like that's just key to life and you do a lot of things i mean you're like mentoring people and you're going to schools and you're doing committees so i don't know i, yeah. I think the i think i'm only doing a few things like crystal and i mm -hmm. we just got our free portfolio review 
at the Animation Guild approved, and we're working on that right now. Oh, that's great. May 19th is going to be a free portfolio review at the Guild, and all the information can be found on the Guild's Facebook page, I want to say. But that's awesome. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I just saw that, too, and I'm like, ooh, that looks good. Well, Jake, thank you very much for coming on the show. Where can people find you online? Like, where can they see your work? Or On the internet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, just type my name. Um, that's right. I'm very, very bad at being up to date on social media and art posting, but I don't even remember my online presence. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I'm, I'm what pretty... was your last update? Oh, geez. You know what? Let's see. I think the only updates I really do are on Instagram. And my last update was my obsession with Detective Pikachu, <laughs> which was on February that's 27th. Not, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, and I'm pretty infrequent that stuff. That's but if okay. you want to find me, you can probably just type in Jake Hollander Art and okay. something will pop up. All right. Cool. We'll go through that and make sure that all the links that we put up, they're all you and not some... I'll have to go digging in yeah. and, like, you're giving you correct links. Yeah, it's not like a Jake Hollander in, like, Orlando or, yeah. like, Wichita or somewhere. A way 10 version of me, I guess. <laughs> if, we, if you see Detective Pikachu art, we're like, this guy. Yeah. This guy. Right yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you guys, too. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And that concludes today's interview. Special thanks to Jake for being a marvelous guest. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a five-star review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more people to find out about the show. And you can also listen to the show on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. And you can also support the show by visiting www.theanimatedjourney.com and clicking on the PayPal donation button and leaving a donation. That helps us to pay for the technical costs like hosting. And thank you very much to everybody who has donated. We really appreciate it. And if you want to see what else is going on in the world of animation, make sure to visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash theanimatedjourney. On Tumblr, the site is theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at animjourney. And Jeff, where can people find you? People can find me at jeffbot.com. They can also find me on Twitter at JeffBot, 1F, J-E-F-B-O-T. That's also my Tumblr handle. And if you go on Instagram, you can find me at Shootsy, S-H-O-O-T-Z-E-E. And where can people find you, Angela? They can find me at www.sketchysoul.com. On Tumblr, the site is sketchysoul.tumblr.com. And on Instagram, the handle is at sketchysoul. So that does it for today's episode. Tune in next time where we'll have another great episode of the podcast. And until then, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody. Bye.